Hello everyone, this is Dr. Kim Barber, better known as Dr. Kim, your audio guide and host for Discover Monterey Bay, the podcast series, which is a fresh way for you to stay informed about what's going on in our community and how it can help you or someone you know to get ready for college. We love and we look forward to providing you with engaging audio tour that allows you to truly discover Monterey Bay. So welcome back and thanks for tuning in to your go-to resource for information about CSUMB and our broader community of Monterey Bay. And today we have Ken Peterson with us. He is the Senior Communications Strategist with the Monterey Aquarium. Welcome, Mr. Peterson. We are so happy to have you with us. It's my pleasure to be here with you. I look forward to it. I I tell you, it's just such an awesome um, experience to be able to talk to someone dealing with the Monterey Aquarium. I love the Monterey Aquarium. I'm a member myself. I I couldn't wait for it to open back up. We're dealing with pandemic, so I know I have a, a lot of questions to ask. I'm sure the audience is waiting for a lot of answers because you are definitely um, one of the um, crucial parts of this community at Monterey Bay. So Mr. Peterson, why don't you tell our audience just a little bit about yourself and what your role is at Monterey Bay Aquarium? Sure. So I I started with Monterey Bay Aquarium uh, over 30 years ago. Uh, Actually, originally it was a a volunteer guide there. It's one of the great ways for people to to connect and engage and uh, have really been trying to get the story of the aquarium and its work out to the world ever since. Uh, I came to this area, the Monterey Peninsula, on my second job out of college. I used to work as a newspaper reporter, landed here, and thought, hey, I can't picture any reason to ever leave this area, and I've been fortunate to be able to find work and, and stay here and uh, help share the story, not just of the aquarium, but of the bay and the region uh, during that time. And I, I find it is just a very rich community. Uh, both the people who live here who care so deeply about this place and the, um, the environment is so rich and, and well protected by the people who live here. So it's just, uh, it's been a joy to, to be in this area and part of the community. Yes, you are correct. It, it is a rich part of the heritage and history here. And I just think that it's a great way for us to learn more about the environment that we live in, that we're getting educated in, that we, you know, play in and, you know, that we constantly continue to work with each other. And so that description is very helpful. And it's very interesting that you started as a volunteer um, and now end up being like the voice of the Monterey Bay Aquarium. So, I mean, how does that feel? It feels really great. It's often, for a lot of folks, they don't necessarily find work that aligns with who they are, their personal values, and the things that they're passionate about. And, and I was lucky, both in the newspaper uh, world, where I was able to write a lot about coastal environmental issues, and certainly at the aquarium, uh, which has a mission to inspire conservation of the ocean, to be able to get that mission out to more people, see how their lives connect with it, and how they can have a role, uh, whether it's in their role as a 
a member of the community, uh, just a consumer, whether it's as an educator, whether it's somebody who might find a life in uh, science or public policy, a lot of different ways to make a difference to keep the ocean healthy. And, and since our lives and survival depend on a healthy ocean, it's really great to be part of getting that message out. Well, I love that you you actually talked about your mission, and that's something I wanted to to delve a little deeper into is how it's to inspire conservation, right, of the ocean, but also to educate. And I like that because you do a lot with connecting with CSUMB um, and educating, and also inspiring others to to learn more about you know ocean conservation um, in the the larger you know. Um, environment that we live in. So can you kind of elaborate with some of the connections that you have, not only with CSUMB, but other community partners? Sure. So I mean, the aquarium is, is uh, first and foremost a public aquarium. Our goal is to get as many people uh, through the doors as we can so that they can come in contact with marine life. And we help fall in love with these creatures, many of them may be unfamiliar to them. Uh, we've seen it year after year. Folks walk in the doors. It's like one of the places you stop at when you're traveling in California. Mm-hmm. Come to the kelp forest, which is like walking into a, a living cathedral. And oh, you see goodness. people's jaws drop kelp. and their eyes open and, and, their, and their hearts open up. You know, and then the, to see everything from sea otters to, to jellies to open sea creatures. Um, it really has, can have a, a very transformational uh, impact on folks, even if they weren't expecting that and, and just said, this is something we're going to check off on our, on our vacation list. Mm-hmm. But then going from that point of, of introducing people to marine life, how do you connect them with their role and, and abilities to make a difference? Um, so we'll do that um, by offering people simple tips they can, they can take. We, we have a program to help encourage people to eat seafood that's caught or uh, or mm-hmm. farm raised in an environmentally responsible way, something that grew out of an exhibit we had, our, our Seafood Watch program, and then bringing people in and fi- helping them find their own path. Um, so it might start with some of the programs we have for young people to begin in middle school, uh, our, our young women in science or our teen conservation leaders programs. Um, it, it, it works through the, the free visits we have for school groups from throughout the state of California and potentially beyond, uh, something we had to put on hold during the pandemic, but which allowed us to uh, expand our, our distance learning program to the point that we had more than 40,000 kids in all 50 states enrolled oh in online courses we created out of nothing starting last uh, March or April. Um, that is miraculous. Yeah, it, it was it was pretty amazing a tribute to the, the work of our education staff. Um, we have a, a lot of opportunities for students from CSUMB to come to the aquarium and contribute. And, and, and that's in part because CSUMB has such a dedication to service learning where students are not just in campus and getting the education there, but they're going out into the community and learning with community partners like the aquarium. And that can open doors and avenues uh, that might lead to career opportunities or graduate school or just awakening a passion that people didn't know that they had. Um, And then, uh, because I know uh, the state universities all have a a strong commitment to uh, 
preparing teachers and, and educators, we have a lot of resources available for educators as well. Um, to, whether it's curriculum, whether it's just it's learning courses they can use to supplement in classroom. And then we have professional development workshops with teachers from all over the United States who can come here. So a lot of ongoing opportunities there. Um, the last thing I'll mention, you talked earlier about membership, which is a great way to keep coming and visiting the aquarium. Oh, yes. uh, we, we had to put on hiatus because of the pandemic and the revenue losses we uh, experienced a program where we were providing at least one free admission ticket for every student at CSUMB and the community colleges, UC Santa Cruz, the others in the region, so that they could come and have a, you know, a visit just as a tourist um, during their time at school each, um, each school year. Um, but they're, um, we're looking to revive that. Uh, and then obviously being a volunteer at the aquarium is another way and we have uh, volunteers who can commit to coming in every other weekend or uh, a weekday for a few hours. And that's a great way to build a lot of skills. Oh my goodness. You have a wealth of information and opportunities for so many people, whether you're a student, a parent, you know, faculty, staff, or whether you're part of the community or whether you're just visiting as a tourist. I mean, it's so many different opportunities and avenues that you can do. Um, you know, the, the Monterey Bay Aquarium is not just an aquarium. It, it's, it's, you know, so much more. And you've, and you've just demonstrated that by all of the pieces that you talked about and all the engagement and all the participation and then the innovation that you had, you know, during the pandemic to, to turn lemon into lemonade, right? Uh, <laughs> to be able to do that, I mean, and to still reach so many people with educating them about the aquarium and the ecosystems and, and everything that goes with it. And I love it because you, you even talked about public policy and other pieces that you can do through the aquarium. Um, it, it, I just, I'm excited and I think it's such a great thing. And that's why to me, it's very important to, to, for our audience to understand that, you know, discovering Monterey Bay is more than just, you know, getting a college education. It's being a part of the community in which you just, just described. And that is amazing. You know, it includes the iconic places like Monterey Bay Aquarium. Um, and you talked about how, you know, you have so many things open to students. Uh, and parents who come to the area or who are already in the area who may not have had an opportunity to see all the things that there are students or that they can even get involved in. So I like that a lot. You also mentioned a lot about the uh, Seafood Watch. Now that deals, isn't that a collaboration with restaurants? Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, so the Seafood Watch program, they said grew out of a special exhibition we, we had a number of years back. And the point was that we're trying to help people fall in love with the ocean and make sure it stays healthy. And one of the, the, the prime ways that people connect with the ocean, uh, making a living uh, or finding a meal um, is through uh, fishing and, and aquaculture. And we realized that the way we were fishing and the way we were farm, you know, raising uh, seafood in, in aquaculture was in many ways destructive of, of the health of the ocean. And so the exhibit was to put that on people's radar because at the time in the late 1990s, 
that was not a topic that was broadly understood. Sure. And then once people had it on their radar, it's like, oh my gosh, you've presented us with a problem. What do we do about it? Um, you've raised our awareness. We need some way to take action. And that was what our Seafood Watch program grew out of. And now it's, it's, uh, it began as a consumer initiative. Just go to your restaurant, go to the seafood counter at your supermarket, ask where this food, seafood came from. Is it produced sustainably? Because we're a science-based organization, we build out a team of research scientists who would look at uh, the criteria uh, for deciding sustainability. And, and our lens is, is it environmentally sustainable so that people can make a living from the ocean uh, mm-hmm. for the long term, but also so the ocean will be healthy enough to be productive for the long term. And uh, the science that we use is now the basis for buying decisions by uh, most of the major supermarket chains, a lot of the major restaurant chains in North America. And they, in turn, are using their buying power to influence the producers, whether it's people who are farming shrimp in Vietnam and Thailand and India or salmon in Chile or fishing for different species. And it's it's really demonstrating that uh, your consumer action can affect markets and the markets can use their purchasing power to affect affect the supply chain in service of a more healthy, uh, environmentally sustainable way of producing things. And, you know, that translates often to so many other aspects of life. We pick seafood, but the dollar that we have in our pockets as consumers, businesses want to make sure that they're doing things in a way that we want them to, and they can affect their supply chains in big ways. You're exactly right, because I remember picking up my little pocket seafood uh, watch list and having it with me. (laughs) And as I would go to restaurants, I would look down the list and see see who was on the list. And then the ones that weren't on the list that I would actually go and patronize, I would ask them if they would consider being on the list because it was so important for not only me as a consumer to know that I'm eating sustainable and fresh food, but that it is um, something that's going to be safe for the environment and safe for our, you know, just, just our ocean. So it can continue to be sustainable for decades, you know, to come. And so I really appreciated that watch list um, and that you and your uh, organization distributed while, you know, like while I was there, I used it and, and, and continue to use it even now. So I think that was a fabulous program. And it also just shows exactly what I'm talking about, that the Monterey Bay Aquarium is so much more. Somebody, you know, came to you with a problem, with an issue, with a consumer issue and said, hey, how do we resolve this? And, you know, with the scientific um, ingenuity and background, you were able to come and say, okay, this is how we can be able to resolve it. But then it expanded and grew into this fabulous way of where um, each consumer could become a part of the, the solution. Um, each consumer would come a part of the solution by even helping their own safety, you know, uh, with foods and different other elements, um, not only seafood, but just foods, like you said, in general and the different other things that we spend and seeing how uh, they come to us, you know, and are they coming to us in a safe way and sustainable and even more important now, just turning the corner of, of this pandemic, 
even more important. So I know you have lots of events and activities for educators. Um, I've seen a lot of them. I've seen, I've heard a lot of uh, different um, teachers and professors participating in them. Now, can you tell us about some of those? Are they coming back um, where they're face to face? Are you going to still have the online? Um, you know, is it going to be hybrid? I mean, as we start to come out of the pandemic, what's that going to look like for some of the events and activities for the educators? So the the one that most people connect with or is most easily accessible for a lot of educators is the free classroom business. We we have since we opened 1984 provided uh, free access for visiting school groups uh, in the order of about 100,000 kids a year, most from the, the Bay Area and the Central Valley, but uh, farther away for schools that plan field trips up here. Uh, we put that on, on hiatus while we were closed. We're looking to bring those uh, in-person free school visits back uh, early uh, next year. Um, okay. we're continuing, we're, conti we're, con we're doing virtual field trips now. Uh, so our educators are providing those uh, for teachers in classrooms and you can sign up through our website, MontereyBayAquarium.org and there's a whole tab for education and it can be learn at home or resources for educators, resources for students and teens. Um, we also, as I said, uh, offer professional development uh, for teachers to help them become more effective uh, classroom educators in using ecosystem-based science. And, and that doesn't have to be ocean ecosystems. It can be rivers and lakes. It can be, you know, you can be in, you know, in the, the Great Plains, or you can be uh, in the Northeast or in the Central Valley and be teaching uh, using the ecosystems in your community, getting your kids yeah. out in nature in your community and using the principles that we'll teach. And we're doing those virtually right now, but we expect to bring those back to, I would imagine, maybe starting in the fall or certainly in 2022. Okay. Um, we'll doing that. We, we also provide uh, a lot of project-based learning uh, materials for teachers. Uh, the sort of new direction is getting teams of kids together working on projects in a collaboration. It's the way things happen in the business world. You're not working on something alone, doing your homework toward an exam. You're figuring out how do you work in a group setting uh, on big tasks, uh, solving problems. That's what the, you know, as I say, the business world or the nonprofit world is about. And so there are a lot of project-based learning um, approaches that are up on our website that educators can tap into. Um, we typically host an annual fall gathering. Okay. Uh, one will be around climate change. One would be around ocean plastic pollution. Um, and those, we, we do reservations well in advance, but the information about all the project-based learning opportunities are available to, uh, to educators on our website. Um, for students and teens, uh, obviously there are things like um, internships uh, mm -hmm. where you can come in and maybe work with our seafood program or our policy program where we're right now working on a package of uh, supporting a package of California legislation around reducing ocean plastic pollution and reducing single-use plastics. Um, there are ways to get involved with our animal care and animal research teams as well. Um, to be doing and contributing to science in that direction. So there are a lot of different ways um, to become a learner, to contribute and, and, and build your own skill set that will carry you through college and certainly well beyond. Oh, wow, that is amazing. I mean, it's just so much. I mean, I, I definitely have missed it. I'm sure our community has missed it. 
I am waiting for, you know, everything to open up um, back. I know you have some things open now, but uh, do, you, do you have dates? I mean, I'm looking for dates that I can be looking forward to and our, our audience can look forward to, you know, openings and different other. Um, uh, I know you have displays that are coming and going as well. Uh, can you give us some dates that we can look forward to some of this coming up? Well, we, we are back and fully open to visitors, to the okay. ticket buying public and to members. We're doing it all on a, on a reservation basis now, uh, so that we're you know, timed ticketing. So you need, go to our website uh, for all the details about that to make, you know, whether you're a member or you're buying a ticket to visit, um, you need to buy it for a particular block of time on a particular day so we can manage the numbers of people rather than just say anybody show up anytime okay. uh, and, and but we are as of the this weekend going to be pretty darn close to full attendance capacity at the aquarium again oh, wow that it, is so, wonderful yeah yeah so we're we're getting back to it um uh in those are the that's the only firm date i can tell you uh okay. you know as of as of july 2021 we are fully back and and up and running there's a little bit of a limitation on total numbers more because um we have to ramp up our summer staff and it, it's been a little trickier uh post pandemic to find imagine. enough people uh, a lot of the folks in the hospitality industry uh have discovered um the next thing that'll be coming up in terms of exhibitions, we're opening a new deep sea exhibition in uh, April of uh, 2022 called Into the Deep. We're partnering with our, um, our colleagues at the Monterey Bay Aquarium Research Institute in Moss Landing, which is one of the world's oh, yes. preeminent centers for deep ocean science and technology. And uh, we're working with them to bring some extraordinary deep sea animals and stories about the connections that all of our lives and all of our activities have to the health of the deep sea. Um, there are climate change impacts in the deep ocean, plastic pollution impacts in the deep ocean. The way we fish uh, has an impact on the health and abundance of deep sea ecosystems. So even though it seems like it's far, far away, it, it is something that our, our lives and activities are affecting. And that's gonna be super exciting. Our staff is raising animals that people have rarely, if ever seen before. Uh, bloody belly comb jellies, which are this amazing gelatinous organism that lives in the deep ocean. We'll have Japanese spider crabs, we'll have giant, oh, wow. iso giant deep sea isopods, which are kind of an oversized deep ocean pill bug um, that you will actually be able to touch in <laughs> touch uh -oh. tools. So you know, uh -oh. we'll all kinds of, all kinds of fun stuff when you, <laughs> yeah, all kinds of fun stuff. So come, come spring break of 2022 or if, if uh, families are checking out uh, CSUMB and making a visit up here, they'll have something brand new to see at the aquarium. And I'm sure hoping that all of the programs that we had to you know, put on hold uh, this year, our, our Underwater Explorers Scuba program for kids eight to 13 is on hold this year, but that should be back next summer. So a lot of, lot of things coming up. Um, there's a million ways too to stay in touch with things that are going on uh, through our social media channels. We are very active on um, on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter. We're on TikTok. We we will play. Oh, wow. We have an we have an Animal Crossing island on Twitch where we'll bring in guest scientists and talk about the natural history of the animals we find there. Um, 
we will do a lot of live streams on YouTube and our Facebook channel. And uh, there's a phenomenal opportunity um, coming up and it'll be archived uh, coming up uh, June 30th, where the scientists at Monterey Bay Aquarium Research Institute and aquarium experts and some from the Monterey Bay National Marine Sanctuary will take folks along on a live dive into the Monterey uh, submarine canyon that goes down more than a mile deep and talk about exploration and deep sea life but we we offer programs like that on a regular basis um we had uh some live pro streams uh during black birders week with uh, some extraordinary women uh ornithologists and, and and scientists who are talking about their passion for birding and some of the bird life in monterey bay which is so abundant um oh, yes. we do we do great programs um, in the summertime during Latino Conservation Week, connecting with, uh, with Latino leaders who are out in nature and are leading experiences in nature and studying the natural world. Um, because a, a big part of who we are is helping people recognize that there's not only a diversity of life throughout the ocean, but there are a diversity of people who are passionate about that life and who are studying it and who are appreciating it and are getting out and connecting. So uh, it's, it's really um, the, the Monterey Bay Aquarium is a reflection of the life in Monterey Bay and our community, whether it's on staff or volunteers or the people who are visiting and engaging with the aquarium, reflect the diversity of society across the United States. So it's, it's, it's a neat and exciting time. It really is. And you have been reflecting this all along. And, and I love that this is not something that is new that is happening. This is something that we're highlighting that you have always been doing and that you continue to expand on. And we are very grateful to have you to be a part of the Monterey Bay. So can you give us the website really quickly before we wrap up? Because we're coming close and I have to ask you our, our last question. But can you give the website first? Sure. I'd uh, say check us at MontereyBayAquarium.org and you can find everything you need about our ocean conservation work, volunteer opportunities, resources for educators and students, how to visit, how to get a ticket, you name it, and a lot of natural history about the marine life of the Bay and beyond. Excellent. Thank you. And so for our final question that we ask every guest, what does discovering Monterey Bay mean to you? You know, for me, it's it's really about connecting with the things that make this place unique and special, whether that's, you know, getting off into the a hike in the hills of Big Sur or a walk at Point Lobos, whether it's getting onto the shoreline and knowing who your wildlife neighbors are um, and getting out into the community because this is such as I say, one of the things that drew me to the area was just what a rich and committed group of people live here who are really passionate about this place, understand how special it is, and in their own way are protecting what's here and enriching the community through uh, sharing their talents, whether that's art or music or a love for natural history. That is beautiful. Well, thank you again, Mr. Peterson. Thank you everyone for listening. This project is Discover Monterey Bay, the podcast series. It's a fresh way for you to stay informed and in the know with programs such as Monterey Bay Aquarium, 
and resources and opportunities that are available here in our community. We look forward to having you back as a listener and maybe even our next guest. See you very soon. Stay safe.